Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. Today, I have been inspired to do a podcast episode on wedding season. 2022 was a crazy year for weddings because everybody that had wanted to get married in 2020 or 2021 had to postpone due to COVID restrictions and lockdowns and people not being able to travel and all those things. So the wedding industry and all of our schedules have gone bananas in 2022, and I personally had two of my best friend's weddings this year. Now, I will preface this with saying that their weddings are not the reason that I decided to record this. It's about weddings in general, so I don't get my head chopped off, but also because I am obsessed with my two best friends and I was such a big part of their weddings this year that it was so much fun for me and it was such an exciting time. So that is the disclaimer, (laughs) but I was inspired to record this podcast because I actually caught up with a girlfriend of mine uh, yesterday. Actually, I didn't catch up with her. I ran into her when I was walking my dog and she was out for a run and she got engaged last summer and has been planning her wedding, but like everybody else has been a bit delayed on it. And she just got back from two months in Europe. And I was like, so when are you guys going to get married? And she's like, oh, not till next year in June. We booked our venue and literally haven't sent out any of the save the dates or the invitations. And she goes, Sandra, I'm not going to lie. I am freaking dreading planning this wedding. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it. And just for context for the listeners, if you don't know me personally, or you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm 35. My friends are all in their mid thirties, you know, around that age. Some of them are already going through their first divorce. Statistically by age 35, you've either survived your first divorce or you have, you know, um, gotten away lucky. But anyway, so... I ran into my girlfriend and she was like, I have never been more unenthused about planning anything in my life. And I was like, girl, I get it. I am not even close to getting married. So it's not something that's been front of mind for me. But it's one of those things that in your 20s, you have this like dream of having this fairy tale princess wedding and having a big poofy dress and all the things. And don't get me wrong, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting a big fancy wedding. But here's my financial coach personal opinion and also normal human being personal opinion on weddings because Weddings are about a celebration of a relationship. They are about a union of two people. They are about the love that exists between two people. And to me, they are a beautiful way to celebrate a happy couple that is taking, that has decided to take the next step in their relationship. 
but weddings are often far beyond that. They are not, the focus is no longer on the celebration of love of a, of a pair of people that want to, you know, join their lives in union and, and make it legal and sign a contract. Weddings become so political with the two families trying to balance out the wants and needs of each of the parents, all of the people that they want to invite, the, you know, demands of religion and all sorts of other factors that have a say in it, especially for uh, couples that are mixed religion. So for example, one Christian and one Jew or, um, you know, somebody who's Catholic and somebody who's atheist or something like that. And what I have realized is that regardless of family background, regardless of socioeconomic, um, you know, stature. So how much money you have or how much money your family has, Weddings are one of the most stressful events on the planet. They cost the new couple so much money. And this is assuming the couple pays for their own wedding. I know a lot of couples have family help, but a lot of couples don't as well. And especially when the couples have family help, um, they are much more likely to have the polarity in requests, right? Like if one, if, for example, if the bride's family is paying for a significant amount of the wedding and the groom's family, for example, doesn't have a lot of money, the bride's parents often are going to want to have a bigger say in what happens in that wedding because they're paying for it. And that's just generally the case when it comes to receiving financial support or gifts from family members is, it's always kind of a backhanded gift because you then have to try and please the wants and desires of the person lending you the money because they have a vested interest in the outcome of this event. So who they invite, maybe they invite their business partners, extended family. And because this is meant to be a special day and a celebration of love, the bride and groom end up losing a lot of control about what actually happens on their wedding day, what food they have, what music is played, the layout of the night, you know, who's going to say speeches, where people are going to sit, all the decorations, the flower budget, the list goes on. And my brother and his wife went uh, through this, this journey in 2020, and I saw what they went through. And they had a very small wedding. They only had about 35, 40 people. And watching that process, even for a 35, 40 pe person backyard wedding, because they got married at my sister-in-law's family home in Victoria, which was absolutely beautiful. I could not have imagined a better outcome for a a uh, backyard wedding, honestly, and also a COVID wedding because it was right in the middle of lockdown. There was a restriction on how many people could be there. Our events at the time in Vancouver were a maximum of 50 people. So that included caterers, musicians, videographers, photographers, you know, uh, event staff, bridal, um, what's it called? The uh, wedding planner and everything. And Anyway, so I watched them go through that process. And even though they intended on having it as a small 35, 40-person wedding, the amount of stress that it caused and the amount of decisions that had to be made were endless. Like, it was just crazy. And 
it was such a beautiful day and I'm watching all of my friends go through these planning processes of weddings and not to mention the bachelorettes, the bridal showers, the stags, you know, the, all of the parties that are involved with weddings. And at the end of the day, it almost becomes a bit of a keeping up with the Joneses type mentality, or we should do this because that's what traditionally was done. So you've got to have the bridal shower. You've got to have the taking the garter belt off in front of all your immediate friends and family, which is like a totally funny thing to me. I just find it so bizarre. But anyway, the bachelorette parties and things like that. And I was thinking about it and I was like, if I was to get married at the age of 35, knowing what I now know versus what I knew when I was 25, my wedding experience would be so different. And and hear, and hear me out because obviously there's no right or wrong answer. People are still entitled to have big, beautiful weddings if they want to do that, if they've saved for it, they've budgeted for it. But as a financial coach, here are some of the things that I notice when it comes to wedding season. Number one, the wedding party is responsible for planning and organizing and uh, producing a very, very extravagant or fun and and super hard to plan bachelorette or bachelor party. The amount of personalities that they have to try and accommodate for those, especially when you get into the, you know, double digits of attendees is so stressful because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a different budget. There's travel involved for people. There's activities. Some people are pregnant, so they don't want to drink. Other people are training for marathons, you know, like it's, you just have so many different personalities that you have to try and accommodate to. So the bridal, the bridal party is planning these parties, which are meant to be like, I love the term in Spanish, it's despedida de soltera. And that means goodbye of singlehood (laughs) or whatever, right? So it's, it's literally meant to just be like a last hurrah, but the planning that goes into this, the matching outfits, the alcohol consumption, the going away for four days and staying in, you know, a luxury resort or going away to Cabo in Mexico or Palm Springs or Vegas, or, you know, if you live in another part of the world, uh, somewhere else. But the thing is, is that everybody's budget is different. And we know that this puts a lot of financial pressure on people, especially because it's not usually the only wedding that they're attending for that year. If you're at the age where, you know, you're 35 or in your mid thirties or early thirties or whatever, it's, you're going to like two to three weddings a year. And that is two to three bachelorettes, two to three bridal showers, two to three weddings. And if you have to travel this wedding as a, as an event, if you incorporate all the smaller events, costs you easily 1500 to two grand plus outfits, plus, uh, makeup, hair, shoes, taxis, Ubers, flights, accommodation. And don't get me wrong. We love a good party. Everybody loves a good party. Everybody loves to, you know, see all of their friends and watch their best friends get married and celebrate and talk about speeches and all of that. But at the end of the day, I was thinking about it and I was like, 
Is there a better way of doing this? Is there a way of celebrating love that doesn't take into account the exorbitant cost that weddings put not only on the newlywed couple, but on the attendees of this wedding so that it's not putting them in a hole for the years to come. Because if you go to three to five weddings a year, which some people do, there was one year, I think my brother said he was going to eight weddings. And, you know, the amount of financial pressure that that puts on people, it can literally set them back two to three years on their own personal financial goals, especially if they're not earning a lot of money. And when we look at wedding season, if we actually go back to basics and we think, what are weddings really supposed to be about? They're supposed to be about, you know, the union of two people, the the conjoining of two lives, the commitment, the long-term union of two people's lives where they choose to become one, one family, you know, uh, a, a unit. I'm not, I don't know if I'm describing this right. But the amount of show that is put on for wedding days and the the amount of money that women spend on their dresses this is don't even get me started on the dresses $10,000 $15,000 $3,000 $5,000 for a dress that they're going to wear one day of their life and the wedding that their friends are going to go they're going to drink their faces off barely remember half of the day And here this couple is spending months of their life planning for six to eight hours that their friends and family are going to come together. Now, if we look at it in another way, what if we were to say that take away the old traditional wedding ceremonies and bachelorettes and bridal showers and blah, blah, blah. And we look at, okay, if we get back to basics and we throw a party for this couple. And we celebrate the love, we share the vows, we share the speeches, but you don't have all of the unnecessary buildup and unnecessary financial pressure on the guests of attending that party. It makes it so much more fun. It makes it so much more enjoyable. People are laid back. They don't have to stress about what they're going to wear or getting there, you know, transportation, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously you're still having an event, so these people still have to get there, but you're not having like three or four events that people are then having to plan outfits, transportation, accommodation, gifts, the whole nine yards. It ends up taking away the fun of the actual event of the wedding when people are spending a fortune and end up resenting the event a little bit because, as I mentioned before, if this is not their only wedding for that year, they could be going to two, three, four weddings. And if each one is costing them two grand, that could be like eight to $10,000 a summer on wedding events. And there's this argument of, yeah, but you know, it's your special day and you want, you know, you've been to so many other people's special days and you really want to be in the limelight. And I totally get it. Everybody wants their time to shine. Everybody wants their moment of celebration, the engagement, the beautiful photos, the beautiful video, you know, wedding video and all of that. But I think it's important to remember the concept of the wedding when planning a wedding And really looking at, is this about showing off? Is this about showing to your friends how in love you and your partner are and how much you've spent on all the insignificant little things like the 
napkin holders and the little name tags and all the cutlery settings and all the stuff that nobody is going to remember that, right? People are going to remember the first dance, the speeches, the, the, the way that that wedding made them feel. The way that your wedding makes your guests feel has a bigger impact on their memory than all of the fine little details that that bride and grooms spend hours and thousands of dollars on. So when you are planning your wedding, think about what you want these guests to feel. It's not an ego boosting event where it's a competition between you and your friends and their friends and your other family members and all this. It's not about who can spend the most money and put themselves in the most amount of debt so that they're paying it off for the next five years. It's not about throwing it in some luxurious place that half of your friends and family can't even afford to go to, but they go to anyway because they know how important it is to you. It's about the celebration of love. And when we bring it back to basics and we say, how much do we need to spend in order to celebrate love? Whose wedding is this? It's not the in-laws, it's not the grandparents, it's not the aunts and uncles or the cousins or the work colleagues. You don't have to have a guest list that invites everybody just because you feel bad. It's your day. You should only be inviting the people that you absolutely want to celebrate this moment of love with. Don't overextend yourself on your budget. Don't go overboard on the insignificant things that people aren't going to remember. Remember that half of your friends and family or more are going to be drunk. They're going to be drunk at the bar. They're going to be breaking their heels or getting them stuck in the grates. They're going to be dancing away. Half of them are going to be putting flip-flops on at midnight. They're probably going to want to eat burgers at midnight because there wasn't enough food served during the dinner. So like when you plan this wedding, have fun with it. Make it fun. Make it about the, the experience. Make it about the feelings and the memories and the happiness that people are going to go away from and be like, oh my God, that was so cool. They really celebrated their love. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't some Cinderella wedding that's going to set you and your heart partner back five years and then you're going to end up resenting each other or fighting about it or having debt because you anticipated getting more cash in your envelopes on the day than you actually did because newsflash, Your friends and relatives are cheaper than you think. And if they have to travel to your wedding, they are not going to be generous in their wedding cards and their wedding gifts. So don't go in expecting that everybody is as generous as you and that you're going to be getting two, three, four hundred dollars ahead because you won't. You will be disappointed. There will be some people that won't bring a gift at all. And especially if they have to travel for this particular wedding. So everybody's way of treating a gift to a wedding is different and you can't rely on that as a source of income to fund your wedding. Your wedding should be planned and paid for within a budget of money that you have in advance of that wedding. It should not be a wedding that is paid on debt, on credit card, on taking out a loan, on borrowing money from family that you have to then pay back one day. Because if you are paying it on debt and credit card and, you know, a loan and things like that, 
you are going to end up resenting that day for the years to come when you have to pay it off. You will not be remembering the happy memories and how much fun it was. You're going to be looking back every time that you have to make that monthly payment and you're going to be going, oh my God, I cannot believe we spent that much money and that day passed so fast that we barely remember it. So I feel like I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here and I really don't want to shit on people's wedding plans because I love a good dance party. I love a wedding. But what I'm getting at is that remember the purpose. Remember the purpose of why you're getting married. It's not a show and tell. It's not a look at me. I'm the best. This is going to be the best wedding of your whole season. It's not a competition with your friends or your family. It's it's about the love. And it's about the memories that your family are going to take away from this. Your parents, your grandparents, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your colleagues, whoever is at your wedding, make it about the fun of it. So think back to all the weddings you've been to and what went wrong or what was the best part and use those memories to create your lasting memory when you're planning your wedding. And don't put unnecessary financial pressure on your family and friends. Nobody likes that. They will talk about you behind your back. They will be like, oh my God, there's so many events. I can't believe we're doing all this stuff. I can't believe we have to buy outfits for this and for that and gifts for this and who's doing that and what's, you know, like keep it simple. Keep your bachelorette party simple. Don't put pressure on people to show up. Maybe you have like, you know, this year there was, I went to a bachelorette that was one was local and one was destination. And that was perfect because the local one, we ended up having a dance party in my living room. The the destination one, they went to Hawaii and went to concerts and it was an option for both budgets. So if you wanted to, you could go to the destination. If you didn't, couldn't afford it and you, you couldn't make it and it was putting too much pressure, then there was a much less expensive local bachelorette party, which was so much fun. And we didn't go overboard with the decorations or the reservations or bottle service or anything like that. We just had a party. So there are ways that you can make things fun. There are ways that you can have a blast on a budget and enjoy wedding season without stretching your friends, without stretching your family, and still have a magical day that you and your partner get to celebrate love, you know, go on a better honeymoon because you didn't spend nearly as much money and make that money last for the future so that you can create more memories with your money and have more of a lasting impact on your future. Whether you want to buy a house, take a long honeymoon, have a party with your friends, go on a boat cruise, whatever it is, but at least you're stretching out the memories so that they're not gone in six hours or gone in eight hours and that, you know, you're having a really special time with your family and friends because ultimately that's what weddings are all about. That's what people are there for. They're there for the love. They're there for seeing two people commit to each other, love each other, and have decided to take that next step in their life together. Thank you so much. I hope you got something out of this, whether you agree with me or not. If you still want to have your princess wedding, if you still want to do the super fancy luxury, you know, all the things, you do you, boo. I mean, that is, if that falls within your budget and that is part of the plan and you can make that work for you and your partner, 
go for it. If you've got family help and, you know, people are willing to support you in living your dream wedding, go for it. But if you are the kind of people that have to pay for it yourself, you're on a tight budget, just know that it's okay to not keep up with the Joneses. It's okay to set a budget and stick to it and make concessions where there's certain things that are just not as important as others. You can get good deals on secondhand dresses and no one is going to know. You can get good deals on all different kinds of things. So, you know, do your due diligence, stay within your means, don't plan a wedding on credit or on debt pay for it in cash so that when you do get your wedding gifts, you get to use that money for your future. You're not just paying off an expensive day where all your friends went to the open bar, got drunk, and can barely remember half of the events. So lovers, go and live your best life. Plan the wedding of your dreams. I hope you guys have an amazing finish to your wedding season in 2022 and get all in the groove for 2023 planning. And until next time, see you guys soon and go make that money, honey. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.